Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today, I have a guest uh, that I've known for a long time, probably about what, 17 years, 18 years. Many uh, moons. Yeah. So when I started the podcast, and I told Justin, Justin's not here today, he had to work, but uh, what I wanted to do was get a lot of cool fishermen on, but I also wanted to get guys on that are avid fishermen, but do something else really cool. And uh, Andy, I have known from playing in hardcore bands when I was a lot younger, and uh, we used to play at this place called Chain Reaction, and Andy ran Chain Reaction at the time. So we got to play a lot of cool shows there. And uh, Andy actually owns Chain Reaction now, and he's the president of Fearless Records. So uh, he has a really cool story how he started fishing too. But uh, it's kind of cool to run back into people later on in life, and Andy's one of them where, you know, I never knew he was such a big fisherman because I wasn't into it at the time when I was fucking 20 years old playing in hardcore bands. But... uh Let's let's find out how how did you start fishing, Andy? Tell us all about how it started. Oh, man, cool. Thank thanks for having me. This is an amazing podcast. Uh, I mean, cool. fishing. You know, I grew up in the South Bay, and uh, you know, my my dad. It was just literally. And the ironies, I ended up working every day on the sport fishing as you know, pinhead and deckhand, just in the summers and stuff, whale watching, which is always a disaster because <laughs> everyone threw up, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, you know, I went to the pier a lot and I started, uh, I started fishing on the pier, just literally green peas and, and, and shrimp and catching, you know, perch. And my dad took me and my dad, he fished, you know, he fished a lot, but he, he didn't really like get into it. He wasn't into the gear. He's just like, here's a tackle box that has everything we've ever had. And he took me there and, you know, I was probably like, you know, six or seven and it just stuck. And I would go down to Hermosa Beach Pier. Um, I would go on the surf a lot. There's a place called Just Fishing by Pete, which is long gone because having a fishing store <laughs> in prime real estate, Hermosa just wasn't a thing. Yeah. But, you know, Pete would let me use a sand crap rake and I'd go and, I mean, I would just literally catch perch all day. Like How 30, 30 fish time, days. Yeah. I mean, I did that from like, you know, I, it's funny. I always put this with grades because I was like, who are my friends in second and third and yeah. fourth grade that would come down to the beach? And, you know, it was it was like a lot of guys stories like, hey, mom, pick me up at this time, you know, and my mom would be super fucking pissed if I was still, fi- if I was still fishing. You know, she'd be like, I was here for 15 minutes. I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. They're fucking biting, mom. You know, <laughs> um, so every day of my life in the summer, I was either fishing or um, my grandfather was a farmer up in Mettler, California. If y'all don't know where it's at, it's kind of like uh, Bakersfield, just mm-hmm. out the Bakersfield. And so he grew seedless watermelons. Um, so I, and cantaloupe, which if you've never picked cantaloupe before, you'll hate it. So don't, <laughs> uh, don't pick either. <laughs> cantaloupe will make your arms rash up. Really, honestly, it's, it's a, but so, you know, I was forced to work at the farmer's markets and fish. And I don't, I remember getting a fight with my dad because it would be at the farmer's market. This is probably when I was like, you know, 12, 13, 14, and I'm sitting there like, oh, fuck, like, you know, I want to go fishing. And I'm like, dad, I'm not, I'm not working Tuesday. I'm fishing. It's, you know, it, it's biting, you know? Yeah. And he'd be so fucking pissed at me. But, you know, it was such a good experience working that I was able to buy my own first rods. I remember my first custom rod, you know? No way. Like a, Where's it from? Uh, I don't remember the spot anymore. It was in Gardena. 
right off the freeway and i just remember it was like a hundred something bucks you know and i was so stoked It's, it's actually crazy i actually still have i use a lot of my rods that i used when i was like 15 That's to cool. 18. I still have them. Yeah. Uh, like the first Alua's. Like yeah. The first series, like literally cut them down. Like I still have that. No way. Um, you know, a lot of the early G Loomis stuff. Um, I still have the old Newell's aluminum Newell's. Yeah. Those are like, you know, when you fish in Redondo, at least when I did, um, there's a lot of friends with this guy, Danny. Um, I believe he still runs sport boats, Marine Del Rey. Um, and Marky, and it was all we we're the sea spray guys you know that was the boat is a three-quarter boat is a twilight boat uh-huh. so you know that was a boat that they used to throw me in the water on that was the boat that i used to literally scrub every uh, scale off of <laughs> and that was the boat i you know was forced to eat a yelltail heart which uh was awesome that was el nino 1997 they don't do that anymore huh? i don't know i, I, I heard I, someone I, died from that or something yeah shit. you can you can you can yeah you can get something <laughs> wrong with you <laughs> But, you know, it's worth it. You have to eat the heart. It's for luck. <laughs> yeah, you know? dude. So, you know, I, you know, from fishing that, you know, and then I, I love fishing freshwater. I was lucky. I have an uncle, um, my dad's oldest brother. He just passed away. He was the best man in the world. Mm-hmm. He's like, I hunt and I fish. And every May I would get out of school and we'd go to Bass Lake. And he had a, he had a, a cabin up there, his family. And we would just, you know, I would fish the streams and catch trout you know i literally just fished streams trout 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 then he'd be like all right let's go fish lakes fish crappie you know fish bass i mean i caught so many fish on accident you know like with, <laughs> with like crappie jigs or mini jigs like this fucking bass i'd see it sitting there and be like oh my god you know i'm like a little kid yeah i'm literally on the docks by myself you know <laughs> i'm like a little kid and it was, it was it was i was i felt so lucky that i had you know because i didn't grow up with any means you know we didn't have money we, we, we kind of lived in, you know we lived the way we could get by but my uncle was always just like, hey, you like fishing? Let's go. You know, and I had older cousins who, man, they treated me like I was their, their own. Yeah. And I was just so lucky. They took me. They took care of me. They drove me around. They're like, you want to fish? You go with, you know. So I, I was so, so lucky to have those people in my life. But once I got addicted was like um, just around... I mean, I straight kind of quit football to fish. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the big deal for you, right? I was like a starting left tackle and right tackle. Like, I love football. And I was just like, fuck, this all summer or like on the boats all summer. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was, it so was. So you're like high school. Yeah. Once high school okay. hit, I was just like, I was there seven days a week. You couldn't keep me away from the boats. And it was cool because when you're a young kid, you meet all the dudes, right? Yeah. So you met like, you know, I met like rad punk rock dudes that like. You know, we talk about punk rock and like, you know, I was going to descendant shows and people are like, you're wearing like, who are you? You're like a little kid, you know? So <laughs> in the South Bay, there's bands like, uh, you know, um, obviously Pennywise and all that, but all the theologian record bands. So like I ended up meeting some of these guys at the impossible. So I'd be at punk rock shows, you know, and then I would be at, um, then turned into hardcore shows and then I'd also be fishing. Yeah. You know, so there was, there was a lot of guys like, you know, I know that there's a lot of correlation between surf skate action sports and fishing but at the time there really wasn't you know at least for south bay it was Mm -hmm. my little world with south bay but you know i mean i was i was so you know i started pinheading on the boats um you know around the neo 97s when i caught everything that was like the holy shit we caught a skipjack in redondo harbor yeah dude like we caught a skipjack in the harbor (laughs) like around the bubble where like it was a skipjack and everyone freaked out there's a bluefin caught on the the half day boat, the Redondo special that year, Fuck, like dude. random, you know, yeah, crazy, crazy shit <laughs> that happened that year. A lot of yellowtail, like half a mile of the harbor. Yeah. And then the next year is when it got really crazy. Cause on the squid floats right from the harbor, the white sea bass were just bonkers. Like, and it was, it was like late summer, you mm-hmm. know? So I caught like huge sea bass. I just, my dad just sent me some pictures that he found, you know, of us holding, you know, 30, 40 pound white sea bass. And I'm like, you know, I didn't, I don't think I even shaved. I was so young still, you know, like (laughs) holding these like white sea bass. I couldn't even cut one up at that point. Yeah. You know, so I did a ton of that. Sea bass, sand bass, barracuda, calicos. And then towards like, I also, there's there, (laughs) the fuel dock, the owner of the fuel dock had a little whaler and me and a few dudes that went to Redondo high school. Don't, don't know him to this day, but we were like, let's just take the skiff out, you know, like, let's just go make mackerel. And get a big six hot pen reel and just catch, catch a yellowtail in the kelp. Like we've never done that. We didn't like. <laughs> there's no meter. Yeah. We called the salty dog or salty wiener. We we're just like, let's just go out. We knew, we kind of know the area, and let's just see if we can catch a yellowtail. 
and we fucking caught yellowtail. You know, we catch mackerel in the harbor. Did you meet the the dude at the fuel dock? Like, did you know him or there, something? We were just kids in the area. And you, you know? just say, hey, can I use your boat? No, no, the owner. He's like, yeah, you guys can use it. Yeah, you can see. He's really nice. He was yeah. pretty wealthy, I think. Um, and he's just, yeah, you can use it. So we just took it out. And anyone that went with us the first first time out, we, we threw him in the cabin. And they're like, just fucking went. And everyone, they had to get, you had to get your ass beat <laughs> to get out there. But, yeah. you know, we caught, you know, I remember the first time we caught a big yellowtail mm-hmm. on a, a mackerel in the kelp. Um, and the half-day boats were by us. And we were just like so proud we were screaming and holding it up like look at us we're just a bunch of fucking kids like you guys yeah. can't do it you know the city of redondo uh there's frank who ran that boat um a lot of people ran their own special i don't know actually what's running out of redondo uh-huh. as a sport i mean i thought it was like the coolest thing as a kid but i haven't fished there ever i think the pier that i worked on which i ended up working in the box office like literally like selling tickets to guys no going way. on boats like oh you don't hold your spot and they tip you you know <laughs> Yeah, and I've caught on the pier, I caught gnarly fish. Yeah. So we caught white sea bass on the pier. Obviously, Shit. the Benita Aaron fish were halibut, you know, ton of halibut. But the freakiest thing, we, I caught a 27-pound sheephead Off on the, the pier. pier. <laughs> Fucking huge, <laughs> On fresh dead squid. Yeah. God. It was super funny because we thought it was a sea bass, and it, it like... It popped up, and we looked at it, and we're just like, "Well, do we stick it? I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> do we bring it? Sure. Like, you know, yeah. I still have a picture of that. It's just super funny. It's just monster, the fucking biggest sheep that ever, <laughs> you know. And like, we didn't know. We we're like, do we kill it? I guess we do. Like, is it weird that we kill it? And is it poisonous? Cause it's in the harbor, but yeah. we're down to harbor's nuts. There's broomtail grouper. That's like, what I heard. Yeah, I've seen them. Like, I used to feed them. Oh, like, wow. they're there and they sit right there. And they're fucking huge. You know, like yeah. 150 pounds or something, and they live in that harbor. Yeah. You know, we've seen like white sharks come in that harbor. Fuck. When I worked on a whale watch boat and we were sitting there loading everyone up, we had gray whales come in the harbor. And the harbor's <laughs> tiny. Yeah. You know, we had a gray whale come in. I was like, well, do we steal? Do we leave? Yeah. <laughs> you can watch the whale right here, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> the whale watch boat was the Voyager and it's a double decker, just an absolute single screw, just pile up from 19, probably from the 30s, you know? And I worked on that boat and um, the captain who did it, who worked with me as captain Derry Dervin. He was kind of a legend when I was growing up. Um, he's like, he taught me, he's like, drive the boat, drive the boat. I'm going to sleep, you know? <laughs> and I remember he's like, you know, part of the stop is you go by the seal buoy and all seals are hanging out to show what, you know, the seals. Yeah. And he's like, turn closer to the, turn closer to the buoy, you pussy. I'm like <laughs> screaming at me, you know, in front of kids, like, get closer, you pussy. And he's like, Fucking too close. <laughs> oh, shit. Too close. And we fucking hit the buoy and people oh, are freaking fuck. out. And, you know, the side of the boat's all scraped up. And he's like, oh, man, John's going to be fucking pissed. He's <laughs> like, let's get some let's get some spray paint. He's like, okay, we spray paint <laughs> the, the fuck, side. Dude. And it looks so bad. You're like, of course it fucking looks like spray paint. Like, yeah. you know, it was. But we had so much fun. Like, you know, just like I think the coolest part about it was just like the camaraderie and hanging out afterwards. You know, sleeping on the boat and like, let's go fish Catalina tomorrow. And then we do, you know, then we did a twilight trips. Like I'm, I hung out with dudes and we fished and we just. And you're how old right now? Uh, so I'm 36. Well, I mean, at that time. Oh, so this was, this started when I was like 13. Fuck. Dude. Yeah. And then I ran all the way till I kind of college out here, you know? So it did, you know, I did a lot of it. So, so you stopped. When did you like kind of stop? So when I came to college, when I moved out here for college, 19 years old, um, Orange County, like. You get distracted, you know, especially when you're like punk and hardcore, like we yeah, had dude. friends that were like, you know, when you get that age, like you're flying I mean, for me, like we flew to New York, we had friends all over the place. There's bands like it was, it's a, it's like, it's a different parallel. It's like you had friends and fishing. They're all there. Yeah. But like you had friends all over the world all of a sudden, you know, then you start touring. It's so fucking fun. Like, you know, like you're sleeping in random places, you're meeting people, you're doing, you know, doing a lot of weird shit, um, playing shows, <laughs> you know, it's. Were it's, you edge then or no? I was. I was straight edge till I was um, 25 years old. You beat me. I was 23. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, th- I think. Because when we went on tour, I was still straight edge. I remember. Yeah. I mean, remember going to Reno? No, Reno, I was drunk. <laughs> I was I was like 22. But yeah, I remember because everyone would drink. Yeah. And you, I'd be like, I'm not drinking. Yeah. You end up fucking driving or some bullshit, you know? Oh, it, yeah, it's so funny because uh, a lot of guys I know in Orange County are still straight edge, and I think it's cool. I, I have no, I think straight edge was like amazing. Like, I, it was like, to be honest, if I wasn't straight edge in certain parts of my life, as cliche as it sounds, like hardcore saved my life. Yeah, like <laughs> my brother's in prison. My sister just got out of prison. Like, hardcore really, like that. 
I don't want to be my siblings. I want to be something else. I believe it. It saved me for a minute, you know? Oh, no, I agree. And, <laughs> I agree. Like, I didn't drink in high school. Yeah. I did other bad shit, like breaking shit and fighting, you know? But <laughs> Lots of that. And, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I'm on the same page with you. And, and uh, like, God, some of my best friends are still from music, you know? Yeah. Like, I still talk to, like, Bo. Yeah. You know, like, it's uh, it's crazy. All my but friends. But being straight edge the, and the later in the life, you know, is kind of holding on to that like bow cans yeah like, you know so <laughs> <laughs> holding on like, look i think at a certain age you're just like fuck it i'm in you know yeah and a lot of guys are like that and they're they're and like i said dude and everyone's like oh you you know straight edge is so what's funny but after i broke edge everyone's like andy's still straight edge like people like you know and you don't tell people <laughs> i know because like there's almost some kind of like uh, you broke edge, you broke bro. edge bro you know that was like a thing it's like no dude like straight edge is amazing I just, and still people if they're straight edge that's cool but like if you want to drink and you know have drugs or anything it's cool i remember when i was like this is really funny when i was like 14 um we like kind of 13 i was like 13 we're like we're we're just we're in eighth grade we're like oh we're we're fucking straight we're all straight edge and we are like exposure to straight edge at that point was just minor threat yeah of course (laughs) we didn't get really into my earth crisis xing up like we weren't quite there yet but that came really soon (laughs) path resistance you know like man we're gonna carve an x in someone's back like that's never fucking happening (laughs) Uh, but we were so, you know, we really felt so, you know, connected. But I remember we all went and we thought we were straight edge. We went to a party and my friend had an older brother and he was like a senior in high school. So we're little kids at this party. Yeah. And like, I remember it was like, you know, the red solo cup and there's beer in there. And like, I think it was like five of us. And we we're kind of like, oh, who's going to drink? You know, and like I did and my <laughs> friend did. <laughs> And everyone gave us so much shit. Like after, but we're all like, everyone's like looked at, like they're going to do it. But like we just wanted like, oh, we want to fit in. These are all older kids. Yeah, like seniors in high school. Right? We did it. And everyone's like, you guys fucking broke edge. Like you guys like, you know. <laughs> it's just going to sound so dorky to dudes that never were so straight edge. So dorky. I'll be like, oh yeah, we, this is what we did. This, this is, is what me and Andy were in. This- it was hardcore, dude. And edge and. <laughs> you know, but it was, you know, but look, you know, I think a lot of people correlate straight edge with like, oh, people did it for religious reasons or afraid of their parents or whatever. It's like, it's almost the exact opposite. Like, I kind of did straight edge because I saw a lot of damaging effects in my family growing up and other people around me, not necessarily my parents. My parents were basically straight edge, but, you know, my siblings and, and other people is just like, yeah, man, I don't know if that's for me, you know? And I was going to FYP shows and I was like, <laughs> you know, like fifth grade. I remember my dad dropped me off and was like, you know, the, one of the first shows I went to by myself, it was first show I went to was like a ill repute show and uh, war called peace. No, one will know these bands. If you do, that's Fred, sick. Fred you know? Yeah. <laughs> Fred Clinchaw. Yeah. And then, you know, that was like right when third wave skull started breaking. So this is like 92 or 93 or something. But yeah. I remember I went to FYP show and, um, I, you know, my, I went by myself as a little kid, probably like 10 or something, you know, I was like, oh, Mohawk chain wallet, you know, whatever thought was cool at the time. And then my dad picked me up and he's like, you're fucking high. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, you smoke weed. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. And I remember crying in the car ride home because oh, he's like fuck. screaming at me. He's like, don't you ever do drugs? You know, someone there, someone's doing it. And I'm like, I don't know what weed is. I didn't. I didn't know what weed was. I thought he meant cigarettes. And you know, it, it happened because like I was in, I was in ninth grade and I had a Reagan youth CD. <laughs> And I'm Mexican, so my parents, I left it. I was listening to it. They're not white power. Yeah. You know, so my parents grabbing, my dad grabs me by the fucking shirt and goes, don't you know you're a fucking Mexican? <laughs> Whoa, bro, calm down. It's a, it's this political shit. You know, it's not, <laughs> you know, and it's oh crazy. So it's, it, dude, stuff like that. Your parents just, I think it's. Growing up. Uh, you totally. Right. And, you know, what the really funny part is like, you, you'll know this members like, you know, you kind of crew up, like you have your crew, your dudes, you know, we, yeah. all, we have all, all oh, our, yeah, our dudes, know. but like, uh, you know, you know, straight edge guys, you have the orange County dudes, which over time, everyone became friends. Yeah. But then there was always like the skins and sharps, you know, which Dude, I knew, I knew I, a ton of them, but like, you'd have each other's backs. You're like, yo, Hey, like, you know, all the skins are, are going with the, you know, straight edge kids because the Nazis are here. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I always beat up the Nazis. Always Every, the Nazis. Everyone always dead Kennedys, dude. Everyone is okay. Everyone teamed up. They set the all aside all their differences when the Nazi rolled in. Yeah, it's exactly. like, all right, we're all friends here because the Nazis rolled in, you know? Yeah. Super funny. So you're, gosh, you started yeah. running Chain when? Wow. So I started booking all the hardcore shows and punk shows, you know? So I was like nine, yeah, 2000. Oh, man, that was, 
Oh, right. I mean, right when I moved to Orange County. Like 2001, know, basically, yeah. 2002, right? I was, I was 2000, probably 2002. Okay. Yeah. So I started booking all our friends' bands. And <laughs> my friends' bands also included big bands, Avenged Sevenfold, bands that went on and did crazy stuff. And yeah. I was just like, so I was just like, yo, I work here. Uh, I was a security guard. And yeah. I was like, I will do these shows with my friends and I'll take all the money and I'll give it to them and it'll be awesome because they can tour. You know, yeah. it was a much different environment then. Touring business is so different now. But then, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I was like, hey, I'm in college. I'm, you know, doing this in Cal State Fullerton. I'm just going to book shows and have fun, you know? Yeah. And it was it was great. And then when John Halpern, who booked the club at the time, was still one of my closest friends, he went and worked for Golden Voice, which is a big promoter does, you know, Coachella and whatnot. He went to Golden Voice um, running the Glass House. So I took over Chain. And I was, you know, that was probably 2005. And I was, like, getting almost done with college. And I was just like, dude, I'm doing this. This is my job, <laughs> you know? Like, I get to book shows and hang out. And it's crazy because, like, you don't realize it. Like, talking about people paying your dues. And, like, you know, guys pay their dues on boats. You know, you come up, you get your your hours. There's a lot of stuff when you, you're a sport boat guy or, you know, your own your own business. It's like any business. It's like I worked seven days a week. Um, I was at a show every night. Yeah. For, like, years. Not, like, one year, two years. <laughs> like, five years. Like, and then I worked all day booking the shows and, uh, for me, um, just networking, like you just have to meet people, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so that's how music is. It's like, people get pretty closed off until they meet you and you're like, Oh fuck you fish or Hey, you do this. Like, you know, and you just like, you become friends. And when you meet people face to face, they want to do business with you, you know? So I spent a lot of my time doing that. Um, and then being at shows every night cause you wanted to see it you mm-hmm. want to say what's up to the bands, ages, managers, whoever's showing up. So I started doing that, and then uh, I, my one of my best friends went to go work for a record label called Roadrunner, which is primarily like a, a hard rock label. And um, my uh, first boss, um, who I still call my second father, his name is Dave Rath. <laughs> he has, he sails a lot, so I go I go sailing with him. I always call it. Oh yeah, that's dude. the boat that Nickelback paid for. <laughs> Quite literally, it's a beautiful sailboat. And Nickelback was on Roadrunner? They were. And they were um, at Nickelback at the time. And, and, you know, not now, but at the time, man, they were just, they, they had a run. They oh, wrote hit songs. Yeah, I mean, did. everyone could just say they hate Nickelback. My God, you can't deny those songs. Uh, Spider-Man soundtrack, you know, like you can't, you can't deny those. They're hit records and they're, they're, you know, from my limited experience with them, they're good people, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I never judge anyone. If... I do get bummed when dudes in bands are assholes, like, especially when I look up to them, you know, I'm like, fuck that band was pricks. But you know, the thing is you get people on bad days, especially when you're touring, you know, this, you know, that even <laughs> happens with fishing, dude. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of people like I've met and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe it was a bad day and it was, yeah, you know, but it happened. I think it's just everywhere. When yeah. you get into an industry and you're like, oh, this dude looks so fucking cool. And, yeah. and then he becomes, he's a fucking asshole. And you're like, oh man, really? I know. You, know, I th- you would have been like a super cool. I, totally. I, I think it's now it's worse because with, with Instagram, you're like, right? that dude's fucking Fuck, sick. Dude. Like, you know, he's, he's someone I would hang with, you know? And, and it's funny for me, myself at least, like I love fishing. I, I preach fishing to everyone. I, I convert people. Yeah. Like I take people and they're like, they buy the gear and they have way better gear than I do. And they, they go fishing and they spend a lot of time on the water. I have three kids. I literally have like nine jobs. I don't fish as much, but you know, I do fish with, with Dwayne, who he just had on the show. Yeah. Dwayne is probably like my favorite dude in the world to fish with. I've been fishing with him for quite, I don't know how many years, maybe five You've or six years. With, and you fish with Reynolds before too, huh? Yeah. yeah. Justin Reynolds. He's amazing. Yeah. Good dude. Solid. Like we, you know, we, him and I always talk big, crazy ideas about, you know, bringing, you know, more youth into fishing mm-hmm. more uh, underprivileged people, which is something I want to do yeah. like, when I do have a minute. Um, you know, I, I want to speak to more people in the industry about that. I think it, whether it's fishing here or lake, I think, um, I think fishing is one of those things. And even like camping and hiking, I won't say hunting cause kids can't do that, but yet, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, if you don't have the gear, it, you automatically think it's expensive. You know what I mean? So it's like you can help people be like, hey, here's the gear and here's how you do it. Like mm-hmm. I remember fishing in Salt like in Utah, the one family vacation I did with my parents, and like we bust out the gear to go fishing. We're using ten pound tests to try to catch trout. Like <laughs> we didn't catch trout, and I knew right then and there we were gonna catch trout. Yeah. Like I was a kid. I yeah. was like, we're not using the right shit. You know? Yeah. So I think like part of the education, getting people to have the experience one time. It really it's like for me, fishing's never been about just catching fish. 
You know, I'm not that dude that's like, oh, fuck, I broke off a 10-pound yellowfin. My life's over. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. It's about hanging out with my friends. So when I, I take Dwayne. I take a lot of guys to Dwayne who've never fished before. And all yeah. they want to do is fish. And then they're all music dudes. And they all tell people. <laughs> you know, like, I just I just took a bunch of people out on Vendetta, uh, Rad Boat in San Diego, just for a half-day trip. I'm like, hey, I have guys in town from the East Coast. I have singers and bands. I had people catch Spotted Bay Bass and Halibut. I've never caught fish in their life. Fun. On I good bet gear. They're, yeah, they're probably still. Yeah, they're like... I was like, wait, this is your first fish? Like, this is the first fish I ever caught. I was like, well, you look like you're good at it. Because, <laughs> like, I didn't teach you how to cast that thing. You kind of yeah. just figured it out, yeah. you know? And the crew on that boat, the captain, they're such good dudes, and they made it so fun for everyone. Everyone's like, we got to do this more often, you know? Like, when we're in town, like, we just got to go. Yeah. You know, I do, like, four or five trips a year with Dwayne. Um, I book them a year in advance. Yeah. Like, as soon as I, and as soon as soon June comes, I'm like, Dwayne, these are the dates next year. We literally stick to the same schedule, like, to the day, you know? Um, so I know, and I tell my wife, gone these days <laughs> there's no cell reception i'm good you know and that's that's really beneficial for any of us you know who just don't have the time because you know boat rips you can get out to the grounds fast dude you know sitting on an overnight boat as much as it's fun playing cards and drinking beers and getting in your you know the bunk and just you know the experience it's just a slaw it's it's tough and if i give that experience to dudes I don't think they'll like it as much no, as not at running, all, getting dude. with Dwayne. And you're never going to find anyone in the world that wants to catch a fish harder than Dwayne. Like, yeah. He's just, I mean, I've been on trips with him. It was just like, you know, we don't get baby, it's like sundowner. It's like stupid. And it's like, great, you know, ride in, listen to dope music. Yeah. The sun setting, there's no other boats around. It's just such a good feeling. Like Fine. that feeling's irreplaceable for me. It's like, no matter what, when the sun is setting on Pacific Ocean and you, you know, you put a herd on them and you're cruising in. And you put some dope music on, whether it's you listen, Dwayne likes to listen a lot of reggae, listen a lot of like old like quicksand or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm like that hour, two, three hours in, it's like the best. It's like, man, all the worries in the world just went away. You know, the work stresses, any family stress is just like, boom. You know, so that's, you know, I fish with Justin. There's a lot of guys on a fish. Since I've listened to the show, I'm just like, fuck, I need to fish with that. <laughs> Fred Clinch, I'm fishing with him. Yeah, like I'm Fred. finding a date immediately. Uh, 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 Brandon, or uh, Brandon, I'm sorry, uh, the uh, Sand Kings. Sand Kings, yes. Yeah. That dude seems like he's just a, a rad dude. Oh, so I was like, and he's a band guy too. Yeah, I forgot the name of his band, but he gave me his record, dude. Needs he's been play, he's played their chain. He's played that's like, right. Yeah, dude. I, I watched. Um, well, uh, you know that episode because I, I so when I don't have time, I surf fish, right? Yeah, dude. And I fish fucking every beach, you know. And I'm like. <laughs> And like that, that like had that episode made me like my wheels turn. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm just like, yeah, there's, there's fish everywhere. I'm not looking at the tide charts. I'm not really focusing on moon phases like I would on other trips, like with Dwayne or anyone. I'm just sitting here and being like, there's fish here. Let's just try to get them. Yeah. You know? And like, fortunately I do have some spots I've gone to and I can catch, you know, a lot of perch or croaker or whatever, you know, yellowfin or corbina spotted bay bass. And for me, when I t- take fish the beach, or the bays, it's usually for my kids. Yeah. You know? Like I have three kids, like even my two year old daughter fishes, <laughs> you know, but the problem is they want to like keep the fish forever. I'm like, no, we got to let it go. You know, <laughs> like I, I, I have a frozen smelt. I'm not kidding. In my freezer at home that my son caught and he's wanted to keep it. And he like takes out and looks at it all the time. <laughs> like, it's a smelt, a Jack smelt, a huge Jack smelt. Yeah. You know, and then when we're on Vendetta, you know, he was literally on the bait tank for, four hours playing with anchovies right anchovies that day is great he's like everyone's like your son is so self-entertaining like he loves these things i'm like the dude likes fish he likes fish dude. i mean he's a kid he's seven he eats clams mussels i've taken lobster hooping with uh you know um brandon i've done you know he, he's a fishy kid yeah you know he yeah. loves whales and sharks that's his whole life yeah you know so it's like every time it's like hey you want to go fishing it's so weird people don't believe me because like I tell people, hey, you want to go surf fishing? Like, get your kids up and, you know, I'll meet you down there at six. And they're like, six? The fucking kid's not waking up at six. <laughs> I wake my kid up at 4.30. He's seven. I Eddie, let's go fishing. He's like, cool. Pops up. Fuck. My daughter, who's four, comes running out. Don't go fishing without me. Oh, man. It's 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Like, my wife's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I literally was, wasn't trying to wake her up. You know, she's excited to go, That's you know, cool, man. but when I do get them out there, sometimes it's only like an hour and they're like, eh, where are the fish, dad? You yep. know, I'm like, I gotta wait, you know? So we, it's, you know, and I always want to teach people like last summer, I took a bunch of people, like our friends, we were camping in Doheny and I didn't know where there's going to be fish there. I was like, oh, they you know, brought oh, a bunch of, you know, rods and, and, you know, some lugworms and shit. And it was just 
literally every cast. Nice. And the kids were freaking out, little sharks, everything. There was like they couldn't believe that fish were in a foot of water. You know, Dude. so sand is like so surf fishing is something I want to be able to, you know, step my game up. I just want to be the guy sitting there fishing the beach. I want to be like, hey, I can figure this out. Reading I can find the, areas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to learn that, yeah. you know, because I love a challenge. Like, that's yeah. that's probably 90% of the guys that we fish here. We don't, like, you know, we fish. We want a challenge. If yeah, it's easy, am, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's a little boring, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like there's a catfish or something. Just, <laughs> catfish. And don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll catch a catfish. <laughs> me too. In the summer, I go to the local park. I just I fly on a night crawl. I just catch a catfish yep. on two pound. That's fun, dude. <laughs> it's awesome. But I catch a Little bluegill or a catfish or baby bass. It's just like my kids freak out and love it, you know? Yeah, anything. Like yeah. Uh, bluegill. I go to Laguna Lake up the street. And yeah, yeah, Laguna I'll, good. I'll take my middle one and just let him put a bobber and cast out with those little Spider-Man yeah. bowl and just catch bluegill. Yeah. It's good enough, dude. Dave Richardson and I fish uh, fish that lake a few times. Um, it's a great lake. That's yeah. where I caught my first uh, like real large mouth on my own. Yeah. Like, yeah it's, it's a good lake, dude. I love all the local lakes. I live in, I live by Eisenhower. If anyone oh, knows it's Eisenhower. a good one, yeah, too. Eisenhower's good. It's just... Man, that one gets a lot of people fishing there. Yeah, I, I think, just don't know why. I think it's because right there out the freeway or something. Mm-hmm. But more so than, you know, Tri-City or Laguna, there's just people there always fishing, you know? Yeah, people are like, uh, local park lakes, it's like its own thing to me. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. I wish I wish Irvine Lake was still open. Right before it closed, because that's where I really <sighs> caught my first trout everything. Right before it closed, I took my son there. I was like, it's closing oh, down. Yeah. So I took my son. I was like, you got to catch what I caught here. Yeah. So I dug him and we caught catfish and trout and it was like... One of those things that was cool before, you know, they close the doors. I think it'll be open again. I hope someone man. has to figure it out. Yeah, because that was like a, that was a, such a close lake for for me to. It'd be like a half hour drive. Yeah, I never had to take my boat on there, but I've been there with my uncle. That's where I caught my first bass with yeah. my son. Recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm screaming like a fucking idiot. <laughs> But then when I got into my uncle, put me on a bass there and drop yeah. shot. Was, dude, I love that lake. You, you know, it's funny when it comes to screaming and fishing. Um, when I, in Redondo, I grew up, like we, whenever we hooked fish, we screamed. So like whenever I'm on a party boat and I hook something, or even like on a lake, I scream just out of habit. And yeah. people are like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And I think, oh, it's kind of fun. Just you know, it just like be happy. Like, yeah. it's kind of cool. You know, like I always like, you know, I, I always look at, you know, like fishing around people. Like I'm just like, I'm just trying to have a good time. Yeah. You know, and I want people around me to have a good time. I want everyone in the industry to have a good time, you know, and that's it. Like that's, that's what it should be. I want, like, I'm encouraging more people to fish. Like, so I'm bringing dudes who've never caught fish to fish with the most fishiest dude ever, you know? And they're (laughs) like, and they love it. They fall in love. Like, even though they get seasick and this, whatever it is, they're like, Oh my God, I caught a tuna. Like I never thought I'd catch a tuna in my life. I'm like, yeah, we're like, like, you know, 20 miles from the bay. We're good. You know, it's, it's like we're going to be home at noon. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's the and we're going to have pokey for the next three days, you know, and, and sashimi. So. <laughs> yeah. so then from Roadrunner, where did you go next? Like, how did that whole thing play out? So I started at Roadrunner as a scout. Um, so I met my, bo- my boss, Dave Rath, and he flew out. It's a really funny story. You'll probably hate this, but. If he ever hears this, he, he, he came to LA and he, I, we met on Melrose somewhere and he pulled up in a convertible, like really fast and parked. I'm like, fuck this guy. Cause like, like <laughs> I'm a punk rock dude, you know, like to the core I'm DIY. Like I'm like, so in my head, I'm like, man, record labels just steal money from bands. That was like, what was in my head. Yeah. I was like, and this guy pulled up in a fucking, like who rents a convertible, you know, yeah. cause he's from New York and we get to talking. He's like the coolest dude ever. So he's like, oh, you want to move to New York? I'm like, nope. I'm, a, I'm a, <laughs> like, I'm a, I'm a guy here, you know? Yeah. So he's like, okay, well, why don't you scout for us? You know, pay a little bit of money and you look at talent and if you find something, bring it in. So we did that for a little bit and we, you know, we got some winners. You know, one of them was, you know, um, big in, in, you know, Young the Giant was a band that came from that process, you know? You and, helped with that one? Yeah, yeah. So really? they were friends. Big... They were called the Jakes. They play Chain Reaction all the time. Really? Oh, that's yeah. the same? Same band. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd be the, <laughs> the people that Chain Reaction has birthed in terms of songwriters or artists. Like, okay, so their band failed or the yeah. band didn't, you know, they toured, they had some fun. Like, for me, if you went and toured successfully for five years and a half a job or whatever, that's a fucking win. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, that's that's an experience that it's not like you're going to go fly around every state. Like, how are you going to get that for free? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the best lesson. But, like, tour managers, you know, uh, Skrillex, like, you know, everyone came through Chain, right? Yeah. They may have been in another band. Like, I know a ton of songwriters, biggest songwriters in the world, writing songs for all the biggest pop artists in the world. They all came through Chain. <laughs> all of them, you know? Yeah. You name the artists, these guys are like, you know, I'll, I'll meet these songwriters. Like, hey, we get to talking. Like, oh, my God, you're in that band? You know, it's just yeah. like 
they found ways in other industries, producers, writers, you know, engineers. And it's really cool. So there's always like this line, like you kind of came from this world of punk, metal, indie, emo, you know, that's like a toxic word to people. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, you know, that's where they came from. And then there's bands that that keep doing it on a huge successful level. You know, yeah, they went the fall boys of the world. They'll take it back. So they go and play a chain and they kind of went and they have huge careers, you know, Avenged Sevenfold, like, one of the biggest metal bands in the world. Yeah. You know? Like, I remember when Birdo and I beat the shit out of people. <laughs> oh, there's many of those. <laughs> uh, they were Nazis. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I, those are those were, you know, I didn't live in Orange County at that time yet. But or maybe I just moved to Orange County. But those, you know, those were like the things that, you know, you, you meet people and then, you know, the, all my friends. Like, I wish I had more friends from high school. There's a few. But I don't talk to them like I do. Yeah. There's literally like less than I can count on one hand. But all my friends from from music, there's a million, and now they're friends with fishing. You know? Yeah. Like I remember, like this is one of the guys I fish with the, the most. This guy James Mankey's incredible bass fisherman and a solid, solid human being. But like, the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You know, he, him and I fish at Dwayne a lot, but he fishes a lot of freshwater fishing. But, you know, through him, through Dave Ito, we welcome your life, and, and uh, <laughs> Dave and they're all the uh, Tommy Love, Tommy Love, and Throwdown guys, Throwdown Hardcore Strange Band. Those guys fly fish, by the dude, way. Dude, I haven't heard that name in in Tommy Love in dude fifteen so, years. He's a fly fisherman. Tommy and Tommy and Dave are like really. If you try to catch fl- a, fi- a trout like any other way than a fly, like huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh that's oh, cool, okay. dude. Yeah. yeah. So so that they trout fish and you know so i used to hang out at obey because obey was like you know early on it was like it was, it was like you know it was a lot of correlations with music so i'd hang out there with this guy timmy tillemans who's one of my closest friends we watch raider games every sunday together we try to we have all families now but um and through timmy we we still watch it raider games at this fucking pizza fountain valley uh like lamppost mm-hmm. and i met this dude james Mankey. he's like oh james fishes you know like He's a Bengals fan, but he fishes. So we met there, and we became close friends. Like, yeah. we fish a lot, and literally, it's all through music. If it's you look cool, at it, you dude, know. And yeah. then Ryan Fitzpatrick, whose brother worked at Lampost, who's a Raider fan, he's the only vegan dude I know that fishes. Um, he's awesome. He's vegan, but he eats what he catches. No way. Yeah, that's cool. He has an almond farm in like Bakersfield. No he's, way. He teaches surf lessons. He's like the, the sickest dude. He has a gnarly beard. <laughs> yeah, we like got like a big fucking last big blue fin we caught. Ryan killed it. Oh really? Yeah, and he's vegan. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like buck sixty, buck seventy. Wow! And and yeah, he he was the one that finished it. So you know, he, he's vegan. You know, he's like you know, he catches halibut in Alaska. He, he ships it home. He eats it. You know, that's nice. Good dude though. Yeah, and, and like that's all from being a chain. You know, wow. and meeting these dudes like oh Davey Doe, oh cool obey like oh Timmy. Then all of a sudden I meet all these dudes and somebody's a fish. You know, yeah. and I think it's cool because you know how you and I are back together, even like. Yo, you fish? Like, I don't know. There's such a good bonding experience. Like, just shooting the shit and dude, fishing. even Davey, dude. It's yeah. like Davey's I've known before everyone. When we first started our first band, Eric and Rana, dude, they were still do. They did In reply. Yeah, dude. And we would be practice at the same studios, and I'm like, yeah. Fuck, just, that's how I saw him fishing first. I think it was a picture. Dave Reply. Yeah, yeah, Dave Reply, dude. Dave Reply, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he lives up the street, dude. That's yeah, cool. Dave's, Dave's yeah, and Dave's, uh, he's nearby. You know, Dave, yeah. as much as, you know, him and I, you know, we'll, we'll go, uh, we shoot a lot together. We have a few hunting trips in the next couple of months together, and we try every minute to fish. You know, it's like, hey, like, you want to go hit the local lake? Sure, let's just do it, you know? Yeah. We like, you know, I, I wanted to get him trout fishing a little bit more this summer because I was like, you know, kind of got in the, the mini jig fishing. I was like, fuck, like, 
it's just a new challenge. Like I remember doing this when I was younger, but now it's a thing. Like Mm -hmm. uh, before I I was, I called them the crappie jigs and I caught trout on them. (laughs) Yeah. That's literally what I call them. I call them crappie jigs. That's what my, (laughs) my uncle called them. Yeah. And now they're just, you know, there's mini jigs, you know, ultra heavyweights and trout king and, and other companies. And there's just like guys like tying stuff. Like, I'm like, yeah, let me try it all. Like. I'll buy it off Instagram. I don't care. You know, Fun. it's just cool to like try to go to local lake, you know, or when they stock and, and go and, you know, I like I did some tour. I tortured my son a few times this winter. Like we'd go and like the lake wasn't <laughs> stocked. I'm like, why is there not a single soul? It's still dark, you know? Yeah. And my son's like, it's so cold. I'm like, I know. And like, <laughs> you know, I cast out some power bait for him. I'm just like sitting here. I'm like, there's no trout here. <laughs> you know, local lakes, the problem is they get fished out so quickly and you know, there's so much pressure on them and I understand because people want to fish and Irvine Lake's the biggest lake and it's closed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, so it's like, you gotta, you gotta go Prado is a, a pretty good lake. It's not too far. Yeah. I used to fish out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I like Prado. Yeah. I, when Laguna Niguel was open, I used to play, fish it all the time. It's still open? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. When, when we had boats. When, yeah. You could rent the boats. Yeah, you rent the boats. I used to. Oh, no, I fished Laguna Niguel. I like that lake, yeah, too. Yeah. That was nice my one. favorite. I'd fish trout there. Do you ever fish Mission Viejo? I haven't, but I, they had a die-off, right? And I don't, yeah, I heard I'm they did. Sure I mean, I heard on. it used to be really good. Yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I've never... I don't, I don't, I haven't fished. But you it. get to fish some other cool lakes, so it's fine. Yeah, my buddy John, who works at Okuma, another guy came from music, literally was in a band I signed to Roadrunner. No comes way. from Chain Reaction. Yeah, he, he works at Okuma. What band did he play? It was a band called Hardest. It was okay. like a metal band. And um, he, you know, he was out of the band rather quickly. I think he wanted to focus on, you know, family life and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, he works at Okuma. He lives on a lake out there in Ontario. And it's stupid good. <laughs> Every I'm, I always text him, I'm like, hey, I'm going to come by on the way home from L.A. tonight. You know, he's like, dude, come on, come on, come on. Because, you know, it's just like no one's fishing it. Yeah. It's one of those lakes that it's a community, but no one's fishing it. Yeah. You know, and it's really good bass fishing. And all the bluegill. You catch 100 bluegill. It's just fun. I take my kids. I just catch over and over again, you know, which is good for me. Like I, I can catch bluegill. If someone's like, Hey, you want to go bluegill fishing? I'm not going to say no. Yeah. Like that's, I'm simple. I'm like, you want to catch bluegill? Sure. You want to go catch carp on corn? Yeah. Let's just do it. Let's just go fish. <laughs> let's yeah. Just let's fish, just go you fish. Know? Yeah. Like I, 90, you know, that's the thing people are like, I have a ton of friends from music or vegan or whatever. Like, Oh my God. And I, like, you know, I'm like, dude, I don't, I, I kill maybe 1% of what I catch. Yeah. You know? And it's always harvested and given to people to eat. Like I don't freeze stuff and let it rot in the freezer and throw yeah. it away. Yeah. I hate that. I literally, like I catch fish, my wife's like, Hey neighbors, whoever, like you want bluefin tuna? It's like 20 <laughs> bucks a pound. Like it's all free. Come over. Yeah. You know, or people I work with on it, you know, I take good care of it. Dwayne does a really good job of bleeding and keeping on ice. And we just, we get it and, you know, clean it up and give it away. Yeah. You know, and like my neighbors, long never had bluefin tuna before. <laughs> this is weird. I never had, it was a Toro. Yeah. And then Billy brought over some, and it fucking was like candy, bro. <laughs> I I am, I mean, sushi's like my weak spot. Like, yeah. if I go out to eat, like, sushi, like, I don't look at the prices. I'm just like, fuck it. Like, eat, keep coming. Eat. Like, where that MP, <laughs> the market price thing, it's just like, I don't want to know. Yeah. I just want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my best friend, uh, he's he's in music. He's he's obsessed with, with sushi as well. And, yeah, we've done some regretful meals it's like how was that a thousand dollars there's only two of us you know just keep eating bro yeah just keep eating like we didn't even drink that's the worst part it's like we're just there for the 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 toro you know that's what we're there for yeah the the guy's like looking at us like what what are you doing you you want more like yep more you know so yeah it's like you know you can rack up a bill drinking but when you're just straight eating like it's savage It's like go home. Yeah, right. <laughs> you didn't need another twenty pieces. Like four <laughs> or five was good. But you know? I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's all. It's really just with sushi. It's like you gotta, you know. That's my weakness. Like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. Like you know, so whatever it costs, cool. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So you so once you scouted, you got a couple good bands under. Yeah, your we belt. had some you know other like metal bands and stuff when we started rolling, and then. um there's a little bit of irony here. I tried acquiring Fearless Records because I was friends with them at the time um, with Roadrunner. Um, we were partly owned by Atlantic Records, so like, hey, let's let's try to um, let's try to make this work. Let's buy them, and then, and we had the deal done, and we had a celebration dinner, and they pulled the deal, like our side. And it, oh, really? And Bob Becker, who is the founder, um, punk rock dude, founder of Fearless Records. 
Fish is a lot. He's in a, he was in a punk band too, right? Whitecaps. First singer go. of Whitecaps. Original singer. There you go. That's yeah. what I wanted you to Original say. Original singer of Whitecaps. <laughs> um, so he fishes, you know, it's not to sidetrack, but Bob's an incredible fish, bass fisherman. Um, you know, fish is all over. I mean, he fishes at, we fish in the ocean a lot too. Um, mm-hmm. He he introduced me to Stoked On Fishing guys, Andrew. Yeah. So we fish with those guys on, on the big boat, which is really nice. Um, but Bob has, you know, tremendous bass uh resources we'll say uh, <laughs> a lake we'll say but um so bob and you know bob and i fished with um with kevin we fished with kevin kevin lyman's kevin lyman if you don't know him he's a founder of warp tour um serial entrepreneur uh even better human really does a lot of work philanthropic work and just really good guy but he is an avid fisherman um loves fishing you know on tour he'd stop and fish in wherever in florida you know wherever he can go so we fished a lot and trying to link up with him summer I, I you know i just texted him a couple days ago or maybe a couple weeks ago I was like hey you know we're we're doing these trips he's like hey tell me which one you know so yeah, yeah he's he's great and you know it's like i said it's he, he's it's like we get on the water we shoot the shit it's cool old stories and everyone's just having a good time you know it's also always about the vibe you know so but yeah so bob so we tried buying bob's label at the time i mean he he made out by not doing it it was the biggest blessing ever <laughs> So he didn't do it, but so did you know, you, now you're yeah. In your <laughs> yeah. Position. So full circle, you know, I come to the company in the last year, and Bob hired me. He's like, "Hey, I'm slowing down. I may retire." Uh, being a chairman, Bob sold the company to a fantastic company called Concord Music Group. Huge, huge company owned publishing owns like we own catalog. If no one understands what that is, it's owning the master rights of albums that already came out. You know, um, we own stuff like Nitro Records. You know, Dude, we own stuff. Yeah crazy jazz records we own a ton of soundtracks um you know now broadway stuff so there's huge awesome company um so bob sold there and yeah i mean he was gonna kind of do a a slower rollout retirement he's like no i'm out so (laughs) (laughs) um myself and uh uh another person run the company you know it's it's great I, i work with artists um a lot of them mostly rock artists and you know from all walks of life and it's great because it's almost like you meet people and you just you be, you become great friends, you know. Like there's there's guys in this band I prevail I work with that are just, you know, the singer's gone through so much struggle with anxiety and depression, like more than I've ever seen anyone deal with, and it's real, mm-hmm. and it's not like a thing moment to talk about mental health. Like the dude struggles and he uses that to empower others, and he's, he's it's the most honest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, and. uh I've become such close friends with him through like his struggles and just talking about, cause you know, I had back surgery. This is, this is, I had back surgery, uh, August 24th, literally like a few weeks after I put some big fucking bluefin on a Dwayne. <laughs> I was going to do it again. Let's switch, switch to the elephant to switch to the elephant stuff after that. Yeah. But it was like a few days before I was going to take a bunch of guys who don't know how to fish uh, out on the Dwayne. I'm like, Hey, I think Dwayne, I was like, I think I hurt myself. Like, pretty bad my right toes going numb it's like tremendous pain but I was, I was thinking in my head I was like i'm still gonna go fishing yeah of and then i had to get russian emergency surgery and you know i had crazy back surgery uh, um and i'll spare the the long conversation but there's a good chance i could not have walked again and it was scary and yeah. i woke up from surgery and um nothing worked from the waist down period Fuck. yeah so i thought in my head it sounds crazy i was just like man i'm only gonna fish on lakes for the rest of my life <laughs> You know, I was so bummed. I was like, I'm never. Is that the first thing? You yeah, I was like, like, I'm never going to be able to fish on a on. I can't throw iron on on chasing on a yellows. I can't do this anymore. That's what I love doing. It's like my favorite yeah. thing. And uh, and you know, I did a lot with doing. I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. You know. And to be honest, with my legs, I've made a great recovery. I'm lifting every day. Um, you know, so it's been a long time. I have like, you know, injuries still. Like my my legs are numb and stuff. But I've made a pretty good recovery, and I'm thankful for it. It's completely changed who I am in a, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the silver lining is it just changed my mentality on everything. Um, I don't see anything anymore as, as problems, like just solutions to problems. I think everything in life should be your responsibility. You don't pass the buck. I think it's just made me a better person. It's definitely made me a better husband, different father, better friend. So no regrets there, except I was like, fuck, you know, I can't go on t- in front of the park right now. Like my legs, just, my sea legs aren't there yet. <laughs> And like to be honest, since that I've been like I've been seasick like once or twice since you know, which I wasn't a thing before. So, 
I think, uh, you got a little seasick when we went. Yeah. Out. I got, yeah. felt a little like, you know, I think <laughs> so. Some of my balances off. Yeah. Like I can't stand, like I can't like, you know, and I tried playing basketball. Jesus. I just play basketball <laughs> once a week, pick up games. I can't do that yeah. quite yet. I'm hoping I get there. You yeah. Know, I lift every day and I'm trying to get, you know, get to the point where I'm comfortable on my legs, like my toes, my calves, my butt, and my hamstrings are all numb. Shit. It's a weird feeling. Yeah, I bet, man. <laughs> it's a weird feeling. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I had to learn how to walk again, learn how to drive a car, learn how to go to the bathroom, which is something <laughs> I don't wish on anyone. But yeah, I mean, I'm like, I was, I was like member fish. I was like, man, I'm sending Dwayne out with like randos, you know? And then my friend James, and then, I mean, they, they went and had a pretty good day on, you know, fishing Toronto and yellowfin and stuff on Kel Patties. But I remember I was like, man, I really need to get better so I can fish. <laughs> and the day they're out, I went to surgery, you know? That's wild. Dude. Yeah. Like doctor's like, Hey, if I don't cut you open right now, you're never walking again. I'm like fucking cut. You was know? it, was it, um, that bad at the time or you just said the pain was so bad but i've had back pain before and i thought it would just go away it didn't it just intensified the pain and then the numbness. after a couple weeks no days oh this happened quick yes this oh. happened in like a matter of three or four days shit yeah it was just like the pain was so bad when i was in the hospital in the wheelchair getting signed in i could have died right there and been like where do i sign like, do you want to die, sir? Yes, please. Fuck. Like, sign me up. It yeah. was, like, insane. It was, like, you couldn't you couldn't fidget. You couldn't stand. It was just, like, I'm in so much pain, I'm going to die. Yeah. You know? And then they gave me some wild drug. And it was, like. Feel good. <laughs> it was, like, oh, my God. What is this? This is synthetic heroin. I forget what they call it. But one milligram put me down. And oh, Dilop? Something with a D? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. D- Dilotin D- or Dilotin? So, yeah. Because they gave my son that one. Yeah. He was in horrible pain. Yeah. And we're like, I don't know. And they gave it to him, and he was just like, out. Yeah. But then it was scary. They tried to wake him up, and he's not waking up. And I'm like, oh, oh fuck. Delotted, yeah. Did that? Yeah. yeah, dude. And they fucking go, Andrew! And this big fucking 6'2 nurse fucking shakes <laughs> him. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, yeah, maybe he doesn't need that anymore. They're like, you're probably right. Oh, yeah. I mean, basically, I had to, they had to give it to me because they put me in the MRI tube, and they're like, you can't move. And I was in so much pain. I was like, you got to do something. She's like, all right. Like, you know, you're going to feel warm all over. You no, know, they're like, it's going to go crazy. Like your body's going to race and then you're going to feel warm. And it's exactly as she described it. It felt like I can feel my veins and just like, just go nuts. And then it stopped. It's like, ah, the world just melted away, you know? And then I'd get the MRI and they're like, oh my God, this looks like a hockey puck blown out of your back. And then, oh my God. and then they had to give me a catheter for the first time. Ooh. If you never had a catheter, it's just, you know, it's, I had to do it for like over a month. Um, my son had it for a week Yeah, and I watched him and I had to help him Yeah, and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't, I don't know how yeah. you did it, man. Uh, I don't know. I mean, thank God for my wife. Um, you know, we have three, three young children and I should you not when I'm, so got, this was a year home. about a year ago. Oh, this wow. was, uh, the summer of 2017. Okay. So a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you had your youngest already or no? Yeah, she was brand. She was you know six seven months, right? Oh, so dude, it must yeah. have been hard, dude. It was yeah. I mean, it couldn't get worse. Like you couldn't put yourself in a worse situation. Um, yeah, you know. Put on top of that, I had you know, um, I got a big festival, like one of the biggest festivals we did on our own, and it. That's another thing that yeah. you do that you didn't talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does festivals. Yeah, too. we do. We do music festivals. You know, we try to do. You know, just curate some cool lineups. What are some like. big festivals you do? Uh, you know, I started doing California Metal Fest and Self Help Fest with Spandater member. I don't do those anymore. Um, Chain Fest, which is basically Chain Reaction oriented bands, and we have a bunch lined up this year. I just did one called Swan Fest. You know, did like seventy five hundred, but we do somewhere between the five thousand and fifteen thousand. We don't do the mega festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe we will. We'll see. It's, to me, it's just about curating and making it a good experience. Yeah. You know, mega festivals are going to make millions of dollars. Uh, you know, everybody wants to make millions of dollars, but like there's so much that goes into that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, at the time, I, so, you know, it was like, and in 2013, it's like, oh, like can't fish on boats anymore. Can't fucking go to the bathroom. And then, you know, your festival, though it looks like it's a success, financially completely ruined me Shit. like to the point where it's like oh my god i filed bankruptcy hundreds and you know half a million dollar loss like, yeah your life's over so i'm sitting there like man what did i do to deserve <laughs> this can't pee yeah can't walk 
Um, you know, I was so lucky that I had doctors that legit cared about me. You always hear like, you know, how the medical system doesn't really give a shit. And for the most part, there's a lot of truth to that. But I had doctors that were like, yo, you're going to beat this, you know, like strike your heel. Oh my God. You know, like I remember they're going to give this thing to shock my, my, my foot up. It's called a drop foot. And it's like, it happens when you have a stroke a lot. You when you raise your foot, your foot naturally goes up. Mine stays down. And it happens to people have strokes. So it worked on me. The machine worked on me. And they're like, just fucking beat this. Like, you got this. Like, yeah. don't, don't, don't depend on that. You know, like mm-hmm. strike a heel, work hard, you know? And I was like, I want to run. So like the strap me into the ceiling and run. Like, I want to, I want to <laughs> jump. You know, I want to learn how to drive again. Yeah. You know, lucky for me, my, my uh, physical therapist, she was a, tra- a trail runner, like in crazy shape, vegan trail runner. And she was just encouraging. She's like, do it. Just go, go, go. You know? Yeah. So, I didn't get like some college kid that was like learning how to be a physical therapist. She was a legit, she was a doctor. Yeah. Cause when you have neuro injuries, they have to give you someone's actually gonna help you recover, you know? And in like six months of recovery, I was like taking stairs like a normal person. Fuck. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> there were days, you know, there are some days here and there and there's weird side effects. Like, yo, what is going on? <laughs> what am I feeling right now? I'm like, yeah, with your nerves, oh, I'm sure. Nerves, dude, right? the, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot. It's all it is. It's all nerve damage. And like, dude, there's days I'm like, someone is cutting my foot off right now with a knife slowly. <laughs> like it hurts so fucking bad. Like what's going on? Like I could be walking around and be like, Oh my God, my foot's being ripped in half, you know? Dude. Yeah. So there are weird side effects. And I'm just like, whatever. But again, the silver lining was like, you know, I learned how to, I think put things in my head better and, you know, different, uh, address stress differently, you yeah. know? And it's made me so much better at everything in life. Maybe not casting, you know, iron off a bow, but everything else, <laughs> you know, I can do things and I put things in better perspective, you know? Yeah. And it's weird. Cause it's like, why did it take me to 34, 35 years old and a severe injury, you know, to get to the point where I'm like, Oh, I kind of understand life a little more, you know? I think that's with everything, though. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, I can't believe I had a kid when I was 23. <laughs> yeah. I, when I stopped playing in bands at yeah. that time because of the kid. Yeah. You know, I didn't get to do a lot of the touring, but you get older and you go, okay, I get it. it I guess uh, you get little things to remind you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. As crazy as that sounds, Definitely. I wouldn't change it, you know? I just want to, you know, one of the things I want to, one day maybe I'll cast, you know, iron again and catch some yellow toes that way. But I could do it from the back of the boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, not to go too far off subject, but yeah. <laughs> so now you're doing the, the, yeah. uh, you're the president. Of so yeah, so now I'm the president of the label, which, you know, is an insane amount of work. Um, right. You know, obviously overseeing, signing the artists, making the records, which is a big deal because so much competition out there and, um, you know, I like to get involved in how they tour and, and, uh, and then looking at the financial side of things, you know, it's like, you know, I've been fortunate. I've been an entrepreneur for a minute, so I can look at shit and be like, good, bad, bad, good, <laughs> um, <laughs> fix. You know, I think anyone that owns a business, uh, a lot of guys and a lot of entrepreneurs in the fishing business. And I think it's so fucking awesome now, you know, like it's like you have to reevaluate your business every month. You want to be doing yourself a disservice if you're not looking at everything, every month and saying, how can we change to be better? You know, and sometimes better doesn't mean making more money in that minute. Mm-hmm. You know, there has to be strategy long-term. So I've been fortunate. So it, it does, you know, it does. And I have great people. There's, you know, I have a CFO who's, you know, more than a CFO. He's an incredible consultant and everything in life. Uh, you know, he's a pretty much a financial mastermind. So, you know, I do that and I do that in LA every day. I live in Orange County. <laughs> so I do a lot of driving. Um, you know, my schedule right now is pretty gnarly. It's, it's a 4.30 a.m. to 11 p.m. daily. Um, Fuck. Yeah. I go to the gym in the morning, and I, I do this. I could go to the gym at 7, but I go at 5 because I have kids, and I want to see them and spend time with them. In the morning, right? In the morning. Yeah. And, it's in, and I get about a half hour before they wake up when I get back at 6, and that half hour do nothing work-related. It's almost meditation. Drink but, coffee. You know, <laughs> too lazy to make coffee. No, I, I do. Um, I read bullshit news. I read Apple news, Yeah, you know, I read everything. I want to see what go out, go what's going on in the world, you know, Venezuela today, like just, you know, it's like, man, like how fucking lucky are we that we yeah, weren't born right. in Venezuela or how we weren't born in fucking 
Eastern China, you know, yeah. like where they're trying to erase your fucking brain because you don't believe what everyone else believes. Oh, like, how fucking lucky are we? <laughs> like, I, then that's, again, more perspective. Like, yeah. It's, it's dialing up like, hey, like, man, I could be grumpy. I have a long day, whatever. I, I send two hours of traffic each way to work. I'm stressed out because every, the world's coming down on me. It's like, yeah, not in Venezuela right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> shit's okay, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, you know, again, so that's, I do just a half hour of just bullshit news reading. Yeah. Uh, and that's my form of meditation. He's like, Oh, learn how to meditate. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. And hopefully I can get there. I've read books on meditation. Mm-hmm. I heard there's an app. I've downloaded the app, but there was too many things to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an app guy, but it was like uh, my metaphor meditation is, is quiet. And the most quiet is that time in the morning yeah. for me, you know? Yeah. And I get home at night and I want to see my kids put in the bed, spend time with my wife and, and get to bed and check emails for right before I go to bed and stuff like that. So I think balancing my life out, you know, has, has become difficult because I wear a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. But, you know, every time I want to just like relax or plan or do something, it's always outdoors. It's not always necessarily fishing. It is hiking and camping um, and shooting and, and hunting. There's, there's all those involved. Um, those are more planned out things. But I yeah. can't. I'm lucky. I live in the city of Orange and... You know, we have a lot of great resources, little lakes, amazing hikes, just beautiful outdoor spaces to be in 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's literally like a 10, 15 minute drive. Yeah. And often there's no one around, you know, there's not a ton of people doing these things. So I'm super lucky. I think people that live in Orange probably don't know everything they have available to them. You know, there's a Redwood Forest in New Orleans. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> definitely and like the the you know like the little things like the history there's orange county has a lot of cool history too i love where i live obviously i'm i'm, I'm riding orange county here a little bit it's <laughs> the city of orange in particular it's just a fucking great place to live and like you know we're not too far from the beach and you know when i moved to orange my wife's like we can't be that far away from the beach you know i'm like well and then i showed her orange and because you know i lived in orange do you remember mike milford yes mike I milford do. and i were <laughs> Mike Milford sang for a van, uh, Scars Tomorrow. He's an artist manager and works in music still today. And he's, he's a, a, a absolutely uh, joy, of, nice. joy of a dude. One of the nicest yeah. dudes I've ever met. Yeah. So nice. He was my roommate when I moved to Orange County. Mm-hmm. You know, that's literally, I, I, when I met him, Mike Milford, for the first time, I met him at a first class pizza that all my friends worked at in Orange, San Ana, like on the border there. I'm like, I just had a shitty day. Like, I, like, you know, the honest truth is my, my brother was crazy on drugs. My sister came home from college. He tried hitting her with a bat. Legit. Fuck. I stepped in. He had a hammer. I hit his head in the hammer. Uh, I smashed his head open, like, Shit. on accident. You yeah. know, well, I don't know. You get caught up in it. And I was covered in blood. I had a white shirt on. He used to call me Andy White Shirt for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was covered in blood still. I yeah. literally just went and drove. I was like, I need somewhere to live. I can't go home. Yeah. The cops are going to arrest me. Like, it's a, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh... Mike Milford met me there and I was covered in blood. He's like, yeah, we can share a room. <laughs> Good old Mike. Yeah. Too. Just, yeah. We it's can, like a gonna, teddy bear. Dude. Yeah. We're going to share a room. I'm like, great. Uh, and the funniest story, Dave and I ended up working at the shittiest place ever. It's called Adventure City in Stanton. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sure half the people know exactly where the fuck that is. dude. Uh, if you're going to take your kids there, I don't know. Just don't. Uh, <laughs> Knott's <laughs> is like the same price and it's like way sweeter. Knott's yeah. uh, is like way sweeter. I, I have Disney passes and Knott's. Just go to fucking Knott's. It's way better. Um, Don't give away the secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, point of our secrets. Knott's yeah. is like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so Davey and I, you know, we Davies and bands and I, everything, we all, you know, we worked the shittiest job ever, but I had to, you know, and I lived with, I shared a room with Mike Milford. I paid 200 bucks a month and literally shared a room in orange. So I had, I liked orange a lot already. Yeah. So once I showed my wife orange, I'm like, look, it's great. The circle, it's like this cool place. You know, it's like, doesn't feel so orange County doesn't have these like cookie cutter homes or anything. So, you know, orange has always been like, I ride for orange County. <laughs> <laughs> LA is great too. I, lo- I love the South Bay. I'm just detached from it. I just haven't been around it for so long. Yeah. You know, San Diego is heaven on earth, but you know, too far too far (laughs) (laughs) well dude this was a long one thanks for coming on um do you have a local tackle shop you like to go to uh you know i i I, local i like the long fin okay because they have everything in stock yeah and and everyone that works there is really nice i like performance tackle when i go there Mm -hmm. i'm usually not around there Mm -hmm. but i've come in there with like you know almost like dumb questions and they've always been really great exactly um and there's a spot here in brea where that's always fisherman's access yes they always have the great 
great bass gear. Uh, Seth nice wonger. There you go. <laughs> if you want to spend money, you go there. <laughs> Longfin too, though. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, they just have. I don't. I don't know how these. They have everything in stock. Yeah. It's like how do you have everything? Like I, I can go there and be like, I want this rod, and it's there. Yeah. It's incredible. It and, is. and like I said, I think. You know, I was a kid and I walked into tackle stores. If you go to Turner's, they kind of treat you like a, like shit. And Turner's doesn't even have anything in stock at all, period. It's no. unbelievable how they don't get on their stuff. You got one up. right there, too. But yeah, yeah, I can walk there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, but you go into those stores and the guys want, they want, you know, they want to take you fishing. They want you to win, you know, and that, I think that's cool. I yeah. think people should be educating people on fishing and encouraging them, just like I do. You know, I take dudes out who have never been on boats. It's always you know? fun. Let's go, go, let people have fun. You know, there's no competition, you know. Like the whole like every like catch the fish and crossing lines and sport boat stuff is like that's 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 the fun of it, you know? Yeah. Like that's like nuts to me. That's like the panic, like, oh this is so cool. Like I often sit if I'm ever on a sport boat, I sit back and just watch it all. You know, like that's sick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like West Coast sport fishing's insane. Like yeah. where in the world do you see this? Exactly. You know, guys are losing their minds catching two, three hundred yellowfin fucking you know, at certain points of the year, it's like miles out of the harbor. Yeah. You know? I can't beat that. Not you know? at all. No, it's the best. Well, dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah. It's a great catching up again. Of course, we'll probably go fishing more, but yeah. uh, uh, thanks for listening. This this is a little different episode, but this is kind of, a, I guess, a, what I've kind of been aiming for is getting dudes on that just love fishing, too. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this one, and see you next time.